Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is found in two places in the New Testament. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 40, and then Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. It doesn't help if I tell you what page number it is in the Pew Bible, but maybe you have your Bible at home and would like to read along, so I'll give you a minute or two to find it. Luke chapter 2, 36 to 40, and Galatians 4, 4 to 7. The prophecy of Anna. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. And then Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Good morning again. Uh, this morning we have a, a gift. Uh, we have a guest who is going to bring our message today. Uh, his name is Steve Brown. He's the president of Aero Leadership. Uh, it's a program that both Mon and I uh, have gone through. Uh, Sam Chase uh, is on their board and... Um, there's been a number of others who have been on staff who've gone through uh, the program as well. And at uh, Arrow Leadership is a Jesus-centered... Steve is the director or the president of Arrow Leadership. And it is a Jesus-centered leadership program that is all about life transformation so that leaders can be led more by, by Jesus, lead more like Jesus, and lead more to Jesus. And part of his personal ministry to, to support leaders is that he um, offered those of us who have gone through Arrow, if, he want, if we wanted him to bring a message to our congregations, and then that way we could have a, a little bit of a break ourselves. And so uh, Sam and I took him up on the offer, uh, partially because uh, he, we have really great respect for him and what he does 
and we're excited to hear what he has to bring to us. It's great to be with you, Spring Garden Church. Thank you, Pastor Sam, for this opportunity, and it's great to partner with you, Pastor Greg. Uh, Greg went through the Aero Leadership Program, and Monica's been through the Aero Leadership Program as well. I just so love them as a couple and so thankful for them and love their heart for your church and your community. And also uh, a quick shout out to uh, Sam Chase, who's a member of our board at Aero, and I know he's part of your community as well. Uh, honored to be with you. And in this message, looking back on a year that's been a very trying year for so many. So let's jump in and get started. Well, we're on the other side of Christmas. And if Christmas is hard for you, and I know for a lot of people, Christmas has been particularly hard this year, you're on the other side of it. You've made it through. You can take a deep breath. You're, you're done. You're on the other side. If Christmas is something that you're a fanatic about and you, you're going to keep your Christmas tree up until July sometime, you already know as you count down, there's 360 some odd days left until we get to do it again. Wherever Christmas has been for you, this year has been an unprecedented, challenging year. It's felt like a decade. And I don't know if you remember back to January and some of the things that were going on in the world. We are praying for the end of the bushfires in Australia. A little bit later in the year, we began to pray for the end of the, the wildfires in the American West Coast. Um, January was the concern about World War III unfolding in the Middle East with Iran, the Ukrainian passenger jet that was taken out of the sky. There was Brexit, well, mostly uh, Brexit is still kind of happening. There was an impeachment trial and a long, long, long election cycle. There were videos on cell phones that made headlines that reminded us again and again of brutality and racism and injustice and the reality, the fact that there's so much more that needs to be done, not only in the systems of society, but also in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls. There was the explosion in Beirut and there's so many other tragedies and challenges that unfolded. And then there's COVID, COVID and COVID. Um, who would have thought at the beginning of the year that we'd be so kind of overwhelmed and focused on hand sanitizer, that, that handshakes would be replaced with masks, um, that uh, all those uh, people that said, I'm never going to homeschool my kids, ended up becoming homeschool teachers. Uh, who would have thought that there'd be a run on toilet paper at the grocery store, that the Summer Olympics that were going to happen no matter what didn't end up happening that Zoom would become something that's just, everyone knows what Zoom is and Zoom fatigue. And I think the phrase of the year is gonna be, you're on mute, because so many of us have gotten kind of caught on mute during those Zoom calls one after another. There have been inconveniences, there have been hardships, and there have been devastating losses for thousands and thousands of people this year. In the midst of all of that, there has been courage, there's been beautiful sacrifice and there has been creative innovation in the midst of all the loss and all the devastation. The verse of the year, if there was to be a verse this year, I think would come out of James chapter four. James chapter four, verse 13 says this, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? 
You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, verse 15, James 4 says, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. For my own family, this verse became very true in a very hard way. We started this year journeying through the medical system and my wife, Lee, being diagnosed with breast cancer. That led to, in the midst of COVID, a mastectomy and three months of chemotherapy and 25 radiation treatments over the course of the year. And I am so thankful for God's faithfulness, God's presence with us, God's goodness to us in the midst of all that, the prayer and kindnesses of so many people. But this was something that was totally not on our radar that impacts one out of every eight women. And it was a grind for us. So this year, 2020, as we stand at the gate of 2021, I think a lot of us are ready to kind of rush through the gate to a new year and say, good riddance, 2020. But before we rush through that gate at the year, we need to take a few moments and look back and reflect. Reflection is a critical practice. We learn when we reflect. We see mistakes we've made, things we can do different, new priorities that emerge. We can identify business that's been unfinished and deal with it so we can actually move forward into a new year with freedom. Reflection isn't easy, but it's really important. And if there's any year where we need to do some reflection, it's 2020. So in this message, we're going to create some space and give you some homework if you're up for it to reflect in the message a little bit on what 2020 has been in some key areas. And then there's some homework if you're up for it. And that is to take an hour and invest in a reflection experience on this year. You can do it on your own. You can do it with your spouse or with your family or with your team or a small group. And there's a tool, a guide that you can download. Uh, your church is providing access to this tool, uh, the guided reflection. And you can also find it at sharpeningleaders.com and you can download it for free. As we start this journey of reflection, I'm going to walk through three areas of reflection that are grounded in themes from the Psalms. You're going to have some space to reflect as we go. So let's get started. The first reflection area is lament. Lament is a heart cry of frustration and sorrow and grief. Laments are raw and real prayers. They lay out pain and our troubled look at the brokenness within us and the brokenness in our world. There's a book in the Old Testament called Lamentations, and it's full of laments, this crying out, this grieving. Jesus lamented, and he quoted a lament uh, from the Psalms when he was on the cross. The Psalms have 150 different Psalms. Over a third of those are Psalms of lament people crying out individually or as a people. David and the others who wrote the Psalms didn't hold back their true feelings from God. They knew that God already knew their feelings and they wanted to share those feelings with God rather than have them bubble up and separate them from God. They knew that by sharing their heart cries and their grief with God, they draw closer to God rather than farther away from God. So we're gonna first take a look at Psalm 13. It's a psalm of lament, and there are three different parts to this psalm and the psalm of lament. 
in the first two verses, and let me read them to you in case they are part of your lament as you reflect on 2020. The first two verses are a cry out to God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Have you cried out this year, how long, O Lord? That's part of a lament. And it's the first two verses of Psalm 13. That's that crying out, being real and raw with God. The next two verses, verses three and four, are a, a request for God's help. So let me read them to you. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. This asking God for help is the second part of a lament. And the third part is returning to a trust in God, even though not everything has been resolved. So verses five and six, but I trust in your unfailing love. In other words, even though God, I'm wondering how long this is gonna go on for, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Those are the three acts in a sense of a psalm of lament. This crying out to God, asking God for help, and then declaring who God is again and our trust in him. In this year of unyielding chaos and challenge and change and hardship, I know hard decisions have been made, loneliness has been endured, and there have been many, many losses. Nobody likes to lament or to, to cry out really, but lamenting is a biblical invitation. To cry out with God and to God is a biblical, healthy, healthy and needed outlet, especially in a year like this one. So let me share with you a couple of reflection questions that might help you lament. The first one is this, what's been hard in 2020? And I bet you can come up with a number of things right off the top, but what's been hard for you in 2020? Begin to make a mental list or be, jot these things down and you might find that the list goes deeper and farther than at the conscious level you even start with. What's been disappointing or a struggle? And I'm sure there's been lots of different disappointments and struggles. Who or what has been lost or broken? or at least seems lost or broken. You can take your reflections and write your own Psalm of Lament following the pattern in Psalm 13. The heart cry to God being raw and real, asking for God's help, and then declaring who God is and affirming your trust in Him. You can also just follow along some prompts that are in the reflection guide. Some prompts like these, Lord, these are some of the things that have been hard this year. And then fill in the blank. What has been hard this year? Let the Lord know. Talk about it with the Lord. Then the second phase is, Lord, I need your help. Would you help? And then fill in how you need the Lord's help. And then the third piece is, Lord, I choose to trust you regardless. I declare that you are, and then fill in the blank of God's character and the truth about who he is. 
when we lament, we're being real about the present, but we're also reminded that we have a role in the here and now to build God's kingdom right around us, to be reconcilers and to be restorers. And we also know as, as we lament that the end of the story, God ends the need to lament. Revelation 21, four, the last days, we know that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall be, there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That's the perspective we need to keep in mind in the here and now. Well, the second area I want to focus on is thankfulness. Even in hard years, there are blessings, uh, areas where we can be thankful for, special surprises and concrete ways where we have been blessed, where God's goodness and provision has impacted our lives or our family or our business in some way. Thankfulness stops us from taking things for granted. It's an end to entitlement where we think we're owed certain things or we deserve certain things just because. Thankfulness changes our heart and our perspective. And in the whir of life, we need to pause and reflect and ultimately thank God for big blessings and small blessings and celebrate his goodness in our lives and in our world. First Thessalonians 5.18 says that we're to be, give thanks in all circumstances, even COVID, to give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because it's God's will for you, the scripture says, it's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Psalms also call God's people to thanksgiving. There's a whole genre of Psalms called the Psalms of Thanksgiving. Psalm 105 verses one and two give us a little bit of a picture of what a Psalm of Thanksgiving is all about. Let me read it for you. Psalm 105 verse one and two. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. So let me ask you a few questions to help you remember and be thankful in reflecting on 2020 in the midst of all the difficulties we've had. So the first reflection question around thankfulness is, can you make a list of at least 10 things that you're thankful for? They might be big ticket items. They might be little small acts of kindness that you've received. They might be connected to relationships or milestones or growth or learnings or blessings you've received. Make a list. What are you thankful for when you look back at 2020? Head toward 10 at least. And it's like a snowball rolling down the hill once you get started because you begin to think of more and more things that you can be thankful for. Another question for you, how have you seen God at work? How has he protected? How has he provided? How has he answered? How has he helped in this year? Reflect on that question and again, make a list of how you've seen God at work. You can take a go at writing your own Psalm of Thanksgiving, just sharing God, I'm just so thankful for these things and fill in the blank. You can uh, write or say a prayer and here are some prompts. Lord, I want to praise and thank you for who you are and what you've done. And then here are the two prompts. God, I am thankful that you have, and then fill in the blank with your list of things you're thankful for. 
The second part is, God, I'm thankful you are. And then declare who God is with a thankful heart. So it's what God has done, how he's provided, and also who he is. After a year of negatives, you might think, well, I've got, you know, not much to be thankful for. So let me point you back to Christmas for a minute. Not the event from a few days ago, but from the person behind the event a few days ago, to Emmanuel, to God with us. Jesus coming into the mess of and the brokenness of this world and our lives. That entrance changed everything. If you take a look at just Ephesians chapter one, you begin to get a sense of all the things that we can be grateful for as followers of Jesus. In just this one chapter, your heart has no option except to grow in thankfulness toward God. In Ephesians chapter one, let me list for you just some of the things that Jesus' entrance into this world means for you as you follow him. It means that you've been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. You've been chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. You are loved and have been predestined to be adopted as God's child. You're redeemed by his blood and you're forgiven your sins. You're included in Christ. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit and given an inheritance. That's just from a few verses in Ephesians chapter 1. I don't know what you got under the Christmas tree this year, but whatever it was, doesn't hold a candle to what Christ has done for you. Pastor Tim Keller says that if you're a Christ follower, you are a spiritual billionaire because of what God has done through Christ in the past, because of God's presence with us in the present, and because of God's promises to us for the future. We're spiritual billionaires. I'm not sure what your bank account reads at your financial institution, but if you're a Christ follower, your spiritual bank account says you are a billionaire. There's not much you can add to that number and you're gonna have a really hard time squandering that as well. So there's lots to be thankful for in terms of what God has done, what Christmas really means. Let's move on to this third and final area of reflection. It's about entrusting. So let me ask you a couple of questions related to entrusting. As you stand at the gate of 2021, what are the burdens that you're beginning to carry into a new year? As you stand at the gate of a new year, are there emotional or relational burdens that you're carrying with you? Maybe there are financial burdens. Maybe there are physical burdens. What are those things that are burdens that you're carrying right now? Again, take a moment to make a list. And you can do this if you take on the one hour homework assignment. But what are some of those burdens? Are there some people or situations or circumstances or unfinished business? Are there habits or uncertainties that are weighing on you? All of us have these things. Some of us know them at a conscious level. Some of us actually need to probe a bit deeper because they are there. And taking the weight of these burdens unconsciously or consciously into the new year will not only impact your sleep at night, it'll impact your peace during the day. 
you don't have the strength to carry the weight of these burdens. You can't control the outcomes related to these burdens. So whether you have hopes and dreams or fears and worries, we're called to entrust all to God. And the end result of entrusting all to God is a deeper peace, a greater freedom, and a deeper connection with God. You can choose to entrust everything to, to God because He's able to carry those burdens. And let us turn to the Psalms for a couple of verses to remind us that God can carry these things and He's trustworthy. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast your cares in the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're not going to trust in something else, ourselves or someone else. We're going to trust in God because he's trustworthy. Psalm 56, verse 3, David writes this, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Do you notice that David didn't say, if I'm afraid? He said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I remember a, a day in February this past year. It was the day that Lee and I were to go to the hospital to get her biop biopsy results back to know whether or not she had cancer. I woke up that day and I felt the burden uh, weighing down on me because this was going to be a life-changing day for us. And with that weight on me, I knew I couldn't carry it by myself. So I wrote a prayer because the weight and the pressure was too much for me. And my prayer was to entrust whatever we learned that day to God. And I want to share this prayer with you. Here's the prayer I wrote that day before we went to the hospital. Heavenly Father, whatever we learn today, it doesn't catch you off guard. It doesn't diminish your love for us. Whatever we learn today, you are still bigger. You are still in charge. Whatever we learn today, you can bring good from it and further your purposes. You are with us and for us. Whatever we learn today, I choose to trust you. I desire above all to see you glorified. I pray this in the name of my good shepherd, the risen King Jesus. That prayer was not easy to pray or to write, but it was incredibly freeing. It took the burden off of me and entrusted it to God. I wonder if you need to entrust some things to God as we step into a new year. If that's you, I want to encourage you to pray a prayer to entrust these things to God. A prayer like this, God, by your grace, I choose to entrust, fill in the blank, to your good care. Let me say it again. God, by your grace, I choose to entrust, fill in the blank, to your good care. At its core, following Jesus is about entrusting your life to God's good care. If you've never done that before, you can actually start and do it today. You can start walking into 2021 in the company of the Good Shepherd who died on a cross for your sins. Those truths I mentioned from Ephesians chapter 1, 
would become real for you when you surrender your life to God. If that's a stirring in your heart, you can pray a similar prayer to the one I just mentioned. Here's the prayer. God, because of your grace, I turn from my own ways and I surrender myself to your good care. Lead me, change me, and use me for your purposes and glory. Amen. As I bring this message to a close, I want to invite you again for the homework. We've taken some time and covered some big areas, but if you were to invest an hour reflecting on this year, I think it would be a rewarding hour to invest. You can download a free guide that would take you or you and your spouse or you and your family or small group or team through a reflection exercise. Your church has that available. You can also download it at sharpeningleaders.com. And as we stand at the gate of this new year, let me close with a story inspired by my grandparents. I used to love going to my grandparents' home. And uh, as a young boy, I was always taken by this picture that was hung in their living room. It was an embroidered poem of all things. And uh, it was a poem called God Knows by Minnie Haskins. I later discovered, as I grew up and kind of did some research on this poem that had caught my eye as a young boy, that a young Princess Elizabeth, so Queen Elizabeth before she was queen, a young Princess Elizabeth in her teens, discovered this poem back in 1939. And the story goes that she gave it to her father, King George. And as King George was preparing his Christmas address to the Commonwealth, to all his people, he decided to include a passage from this poem in his remarks because he knew as his people faced World War II in 1939 that they needed encouragement desperately. So I want to leave you with the words that King George shared from the poem. Here they are. The poem reads, I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread so safely into the unknown. And the man replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better than light and safer than a known way. As you enter the unknown of 2021, you can put your hand into the hand of God. It's better than light and safer than any other known way. King George finished his message with these words, and I'll finish this message with the words he used. May that almighty hand guide and uphold us all. Blessings for 2021. Amen.